are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I changed my message this afternoon. I've been prepared to preach from the book of Ruth tonight. I'm ready for that. But all week, I kept coming back to this text. I would not necessarily look at it because I didn't want to change the message. And I would wake up at times in the night, think of this text. I I somewhat sensed yesterday, the Lord wanted me to come here to this text. Again, I deliberately did not study it because I just wanted to stay with where I was in Ruth. And I surrendered to God. I said, I'll, I'll preach it this afternoon. And I, wanna, I won't need to be long. But God helped me with the message. And I pray that it will help you. Paul, uh, James is speaking to these scattered saints that were going through persecution. And in about five verses, he says seven times, I want you to pray. God knows I try to pray. God knows I have a prayer journal and it's many, 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 many pages in the journal filled. I cannot get through it in a short time. I I, I can't get through it in my own prayer time. There are other times I have to take pages I wish I was as great of prayer warriors you think I am. But I can tell you I do pray. I believe in fasting every week. I believe you could fast a meal very easily or two or five or ten in a week. I believe you could fast for a day. It's not the end of the world. I believe that much has happened in our church because it's been almost 24 hours a day people have been praying this year. I've driven by the Clyde Avenue property and saw mothers on their knees in the grass. I've seen mothers on their knees with their children praying. I've seen so many couples on the stairs right out here praying. And though we're really learning to enjoy the outside, I don't want it to stop. I believe we ought to be seeing people pray all the time. God has so dealt with me on this subject of prayer. I did not preach this message but I preached from this text the same thought in 1986 at a large pastor's conference with thousands of people present. I don't know the message. It's in my files. I deliberately did not look it up. But I want to preach and speak to you about three words tonight. Uh, those words are in verse 18. He prayed again. Verse 13, is any among afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he shall commit sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent 
prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject unto light passions as we, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and God, the heaven, uh, the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Our Father, I stand before the greatest church in my estimation in all the world, meeting by fire pits and under tents and in open air and in, in the automobiles and listing on the parking lots around the corner, watching on the screens in the parking lots, sitting in the dormitories watching, and, and yet, God, no complaint. And we're so very thankful that you gave us this beautiful day today. And God, as we look at he prayed again. He prayed again. The urgency of the hour. As we look at our country, as we look at our politics, as we look at where liberalism is trying to lead us, Lord, we have more power in prayer than any government or any Republican or Democrat or any House of Representatives or the Supreme Court. There is more power in a Christian praying. And I pray that tonight we would pray again and just keep on praying till light breaks through. God, help us to believe because prayer is faith. We have to pray in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the, 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 the man in the sea. And I pray that we would be a praying people. Bless these moments together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I carried a burden, a staggering weight. And struggled for freedom but could not escape I trembled and cried at the thought of my fate What must I do to be saved? I desperately searched for release from my pain But found that man's wisdom was useless and vain Is there not a power that can break every chain? What must I do to be saved? I heard it, he called out my name Kneel at the cross and be saved I fell at the feet of the one hanging there Oh Savior, forgive me, I cried in despair My burden fell off, Jesus answered my prayer Kneel at the cross and be saved
Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you uh, also, Mrs. Lewis. He prayed again. I'm going to come to you tonight and ask you just keep on praying. Don't stop praying. It ought to be a continuous manner of life and we pray constantly. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke 18, 1. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5. We ought to be a people of prayer. Prayer can change things. Prayer can move mountains. The mustard seed is the smallest seed, but God said if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. I must tell you, I don't understand prayer. I can't comprehend prayer. I, I can't tell you why it seems like it works here and it doesn't work here. I don't understand that. I can recall the day when in the 70s, I would go up and down what was not Montague Express, but a little Montague Road, no stoplights, all farm country from here to what is now 680, and 680 hadn't been opened. And I could go, I could take you to spot, I, I could think of over here on Montague Road, which now Montague Expressway, when it got to First Street. And if you turn left on First Street, about maybe a football field length on First Street, now it's beautiful paved road. It was, it was gravel road out to what is now called 237. That used to be Alviso Road. When I was a boy, we'd take that road and come over to Santa Clara, California. There was no Highway 101 uh, like this. Highway 101 had stop signs on them. There was no 17 or 880 or 280 or 680. But when I became the pastor of this church, I can recall going up and down what is now Montague Expressway. I claimed that four corners at what is now First Street there in Montague Expressway. I would fast over those corners. I sent certified letters to them. Many of those corners were owned by Pacific Railroad. I went up and down what is now Montague Expressway and sent letters and begged and prayed. I believe one day I, I, I began to look at what is now where we see 880, it was Highway 17, and 880 and Montague, and I began to envision that 25 acres, it was for sale. I tried to put offers on it. I built, I drew pictures of how it was gonna look and where the auditorium. I begged God, I begged God for all those properties. There's a property, I look at it up on the hill. I went to see it. There's a big gully in it. I thought we could bridge the gully from those two mountain peaks and have an auditorium over it. I begged God, I fasted, I prayed that God would give us land to build and he never did. I don't understand why he never did it. But I tell you what, 45 years later, I'm so grateful that he did not give us that property. I'm glad God kept us in Santa Clara. I don't understand why it always doesn't work and sometimes I'd be frustrated. God, what's wrong with me? Am I not the man for the church? Am I hindering this church? What's wrong with my prayer life? God, reveal it. But God always answered a prayer his way. I don't understand it all. I wish I could say it, and I don't mean to be irreverent like a genie in a bottle. Anything you ask for, it just gets answered. I don't understand why some prayers are we think answered and some we believe are not answered. 
But in this text before us, and I have to, by way of introduction, lay some work, groundwork down. He says in verse number 13, is any among you afflicted? That is simply not physical illness. It can be physical illness. Afflicted means is there adversity in your life? And as a pastor, my heart is broken so many times this year during COVID for the adversity that's in your life. We dedicated that book you saw. The back of it had the list of the names of the people that had passed away this year. It was difficult to stand at some of those funerals and others we were not even permitted to have. I want you to know that there are many people this year that have faced adversity. I went by a business of one of our people that owned it and I saw that it's abandoned because COVID shut it down. I look what the adversity God's people have gone through, reversals, broken hearts, shattered dreams. And that's what it says here, is any among you afflicted? Yes, physical pain, but any adversity. You know, David was a man that really did not have a lot of physical pain, but he had a life full of adversity. He had a son by the name of Absalom that tried to kill him. In the latter years of his life, when he should have had loyalty, his dearest friend, Ahithophel, Ahithophel conspired how he could personally kill him. He had a friend by the name of Hushai, and he personally conspired how he might kill him. He had a friend by the name of Joab, and he betrayed him and left to go work for his son. He had one by one that just destroyed his life and yet David writes so much of the Psalms and David tells us in the book of Psalms constantly about prayer. Never give up on prayer. When you have adversity with your marriage and with your son and with your daughter and with your grandkids and with your health and with your job and with the things that come in life, just keep on praying. The Bible says here, is any afflicted? There will be people that in life this year of 2021 will be afflicted. God says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. We pray in faith and we leave always the results up to God. Then he says this, when you pray, confess your faults one to another. I happen to be married. God gave me a wonderful wife. December of 1972, 48 years ago. If I want an answer to prayer tonight, and I'm not right with my mate, I need to go confess my fault to her and say, honey, I'm not right with you. I'm not right with God. I cannot be wrong with the deacons and right with God. I cannot be wrong with the staff and be right with God. I cannot be wrong with the membership and right with God. I can't be right with the wrong with the disgruntles and right with God. I cannot be wrong with those that are trying to betray the work of God. And I cannot be wrong with them and right with God. I must be right with man. I confess my faults to one another. Now I was considering some folks said have gotten so far away from God and they're so mad at the church and churches in America and they're mad at the pastor and they're mad at the Christian school. And I've got thinking and the Lord laid on my heart someone I said, Lord, they've been so mad for over 30 years. I knew this family, maybe 40 years. They haven't had a prayer answered in 40 years. I'll guarantee it. You cannot be wrong with man and right with God. God says you confess your faults. And one of the hindrances of blocking answer to prayer, we're not right with one another. 
tonight, whether your mother and dad are saved or not, and if you're not right with your parents, don't expect God to answer your prayer. Don't expect God to come on through. We treat God like, okay, you're coming to me on my terms. I will not come to you on your terms. David prayed and he gives the book of Psalms and he says, in, in, in 16, verse 16, confess your faults one to another. Then he says, pray for one another that may be healed. And then he says three powerful words. The effectual, effectual. And he calls about an effectual prayer. The effectual prayer is where there's effort and it drains you. I have digged, I have dug ditches. I've worked hard in construction areas and remodels and you name it. But I can tell you from experience, it's much more difficult to pray for hours than it is to dig a ditch. When you put the physical and the mental and the emotional and the spiritual strain into praying and weeping before God and begging God, that's what the word effectual is. It's not, here's a typical prayer, first line. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the food. Blessed are by Jesus' name, man. That's not even a prayer. It's just vain repetition. Thank you for the day. Why don't we think before we even thank God for the food? Why don't we put some effort into this? And I'm not saying let's pray around the world for the meal. But is there a time that you effectually pray? Can we look back on 2021 and we say, I effectually prayed. I put, I put effort in it. It, drain, it was a drain. I, I put effort into praying. The effectual. Then he says fervent. Fervent is even ratcheted up its intensity. To, to, to be fervent, it means to be passionate and strong energy, literally what it means, factual, fervent, strong energy. Notice what he says, of a righteous man. I come back, if I'm not right with man, I'm not right with God. The root word for righteous is right. Am I living right before God and man? Am I paying my bills on time? Am I paying my taxes? Am I honest with the government? Am I honest with, the, the, with my work? Do I go to work and they pay me for eight hours and I, I work six hours because I complain for two? When I'm not right with my boss, I'm not right with God. When I'm not right with government, I'm not right with God. When I'm not right with fellow Christians, I'm not right. When I'm not right with my family, I'm not right with God. And so he gives us the illustration of Elijah, or who is Elijah was a man subject to like passions like we, just like you and just like me. Chapter 18, he's calling down fire from heaven. First Kings, chapter 19, he quit the ministry. Isn't it amazing how weak we are? I get so disgusted with me. I see how I can be so strong in the Lord. I see at times how I can be so weak in the Lord. David was too. Read Psalms. I am overwhelmed with my grief. Just overwhelmed. I, I guess, ladies and gentlemen, because we're so human. Elijah, though he was just like you and me, he prayed. And notice what he did. He prayed earnestly. 
Uh, that's what he's talking about, effectual fervent prayer, earnestly. Lord, don't let it rain for three and a half years. And as a result of that, there was a great famine and God answered his prayer. And I bring your attention to verse 18. And here it is. He prayed again. He prayed again. May I ask you, never give up on prayer. Never give up. Sometimes God's answering the prayer and you don't even know he's answering it. God was answering the Montague Road prayer and I didn't even know he was answering it. His answer was no. Because his way is perfect. If I had time, I was going to take you back to Luke 15. Excuse me, Luke 11. I think it begins about verse 15. Where a man came at midnight and began to knock on the door. And said, a friend of mine has come and I need to feed him. I need food. And the man says, go away. I'm in bed. My wife, my kids, and I were all in bed sleeping. Go away. And he continually knocked. As he continually knocked, the Bible says because of his importunity, his persistence, God answered it. 1966, a story wrote now, there's the old Santa Clara Fairgrounds. There was a building there and John Rice came. John Rice was preaching in 1966 and I remember it. Big crowd was there. And his music director and he would sing this song together, duet, just keep on praying. And the music director would sing, till light breaks through. John Rice would sing, the Lord will answer. The music director will answer you. Dr. Rice, God keeps his promise. The music man, his word is true. And then they have a duet, just keep on praying. And one was a third above and one was a third below. Beautiful harmony, till light breaks through. Just keep praying. I'll never forget that hearing them saying, just keep on praying. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what's so far out of your control, but only God could do it. Importunity, just keep knocking at that door. Knock and it shall be given unto you. Seek and he shall find. God says, I want you to just keep on knocking. Perhaps some of you might remember. I've told you this before. Our boy, our son, who's a pastor in Phoenix, Surprise, Arizona. Tim was born in 1983. I believe he was going to be two. Maybe he was going to be three. And he would talk with the lisp. He doesn't talk with the lisp now. We didn't really practice car seats, and we should have, but there wasn't a law. Most of us really didn't know much about car seats, believe it or not. I recall about 1979, maybe 80, when my wife and I on a Sunday night got pulled over, and Tiffany was right on the hump next to us between the bench seat and the Placeman said when he was done, he said, you probably should have her in a car seat. We didn't even own one, I don't think. Maybe we did. My wife could tell if we did or not. 
I'm so grateful we have car seats now. I'm, I'm thankful for those. Tim was on that place right next to me. He said, Dad, was he going to be three, honey? I'm looking for you. Was I can't see out there. I think he's going to be three. He said, Dad, he wanted to be Joe Montana. Thank God he became Jack Treber. If you put my picture in Facebook, it normally shows up him. The poor guy, they, they think we look the same. I feel so bad for him. He wanted to be the number 16, Joe Montana, for the 49ers. He wanted the outfit. You could buy it at Toys R Us or Kmart. We didn't have a Walmart. You could buy them at places like that. They were a dime a dozen. He'd say to me, Dad, thirt. He wanted the thirt. Thooth, fox, folder pads. And I'd say to him once in a while, weeks ahead, son, what do you want for your birthday? Thoot. He's talking about a football thoot. Third, fox, thoot, folder pads. He would constantly, sometimes I would not ask him, he would just say, dad, birthday. He just kept coming after me. The guy was relentless. He takes after his mother's side of the family. It's just it's an amazing thing. And I will never forget the day before. His birthday is on October 25th. On October 24th, I ran over in my lunch hour. I think it was Toys R Us I went over and was going to buy him the third, the third, the third, the third, the third, the whole nine iron. Everything. And they said, oh, we don't have any. I said, you have to have. I said, would you call your Fremont store? Will you call your San Jose store? I stood there, and I can remember where I was standing. It wasn't the front desk. It was back in the back. And they just kept calling the store. They said, no, no 49er. I said, you got to have it. They said, you'll see, and no wonder. They said, you see, we got Raiders here. You want Raiders? I said, no, we don't want Raiders. It's amazing how they had so many of those left over. Thank God I try to be a good Christian. I would never be a Raider fan. Sam Fanner, are you listening to me? John Morris, are you listening to me? And all the other heathens, are you listening to me right now? And they said, we've got Raiders. I said, I went everywhere. I went to the Kmart. I went, I went everywhere. I went everywhere. I, I, the Lord knows. I don't. I don't believe I, I don't believe I even take lunch hours. Really, I, I just I just come to work and work. But I took a long lunch hour. I started driving around. I couldn't find them. I went to Fremont personally to find it. They said, I think we got one way up there. And I said, let's go up there. The guy went up there and goes, nope, it's not one. I said, you don't understand. My son's birthday is tomorrow. We've got to have this. I came back. This is the first time I ever did it. I've never done it since. I gathered the secretaries together. I said, no, New York company time. We work for the church. But I need a third, a folder pads. I need Thuth Fox, the whole 49er outfit. I want to say it was Mrs. Carr that found one. I, I might be mistaken about that, but she and I have great conversations now because 
What I remember, she doesn't remember. What she remembers, I don't remember, vice versa. We have great conversations together. I believe it was Mrs. Carr found it. I believe it was 1985 or 86. I could go back and look. I drove a few cities away, and this was the helmet I found. Stuffed in it with a thirt, and around it with folder pads, and fox for his birthday the next day. I said, son, mother and I got you something, but don't be disappointed. I said, what did you want? And he told me what he wanted. You know what got him this? His importunity. Why don't you just pray again? Would, would you just pray again? Would you take your unsaved father to the throne of grace and pray again? Or your unsaved mother and pray again? And God bless you, you're so worn out. Pray for that prodigal son and that prodigal daughter. God bless you, you have more courage than I have. And you prayed and you prayed and you have had sleepless nights. Would you pray again? And your son or daughter's homeless. Or perhaps your son or daughter, you don't even know where they are tonight. And you go to bed as a mother and father so concerned. Are they dead? Are they alive? Where are they at? What city? What state? Where are my children? my son? Where's my daughter? Why don't you just pray again? Dear pastors are listening and it seems like, you know, is our church ever going to be normal again? Will we build a building again? Will we run the buses again? Why don't you just pray again? Why don't you just keep coming to the throne of God and the throne of grace and say, God, it's Elijah. And the Bible said, he, he prayed again. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.